forgot to turn this stupid thing off. <clears throat> All right, uh, go ahead. All right. It is October 8th, 2019. It's a Tuesday. And welcome to the Win Daily Sports Podcast. This is Brandon Williams along with Antonio Darkangelis. Antonio, we have got through five weeks of the NFL season, and we're also getting through what, for Yankee fans, is also a time-honored tradition, and that is running through the Minnesota Twins in the American League Division Series. Oh, man. T.D. Gregorius is giving him fits. He's He had eight – he had he, he drove in eight runs on him in one game earlier this year, and I just – they just said he's got, like, you know uh, – He's driven in like 25 runs on him in the past like 12 games. Some crazy, some obscene number. Oh my gosh. That, uh, and I'm sure that the old Twins fans are going to have nightmares about D.D. Gregorius uh, for the remainder of you know, what's left of their season, but also it's going to be a long winter wondering what it could have been had they not had D.D. Gregorius in lineups. Uh, I guess at the same time, you know, we also never assume. Uh, especially if you're an Astros fan, considering the fact that, you know, a lot of the Astros fans that I knew kind of thought it was a done deal against the Rays, especially after you know, two of they opened the game with a home run. Yes, again, it will be a game four on Tuesday with Justin Verlander going on a short rest. And Astros fans certainly have got to hope that this is a series that extends into Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I should apologize. In my recommendations for today's slate, I had Granky in there. I did not anticipate all those home runs getting hit off him. <laughs> yeah, you know, strange as can be. But when you look at the state of quarterbacks, you know, we can keep it in Houston. Better news ahead when you look at week six. And my gosh, what a matchup we will have as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Deshaun Watson and the Texans coming off of a 53-point performance against the Falcons. They're on the road against the Kansas City team that certainly is going to be chipping at a bit after giving after scoring only 10 points in a surprising loss on Sunday night to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, uh, you know, really surprising. But like, you know, we had talked earlier, this was kind of the blueprint that we saw from the Colts to maybe beat the Chiefs. So this is another game where we could see a lot of Carlos Hyde um, so it's possible that you see more from Mahomes this week and less from Watson. I would anticipate their their stat lines to be pretty even and somewhere in the mid twenties in terms of fantasy points. Um, but look at that you could have Tyree Kill back for the Chiefs. That certainly opens up their offense. It was nice to see Byron Pringle step up with Sammy Watkins getting hurt. But Mahomes still was making plays. It's just they slowed the game down, and Indianapolis slowed the game down, and we really did see a blueprint for how you can maybe take these guys down. Oh, you look at Deshaun Watson, the game that he had against the Falcons, and the game that the Texans offense had, they were more than 500 yards, but the big damage, obviously, coming off of the arm of Watson, 28 of 33, 426 yards, Five touchdowns, and he still had time to add 47 yards on four carries. And that Will Fuller combination, my goodness, Fuller, 217 yards, three touchdowns. He actually came close a couple of other times to scoring more touchdowns. So imagine if you had that Watson-Fuller fantasy connection in your lineup in week five and or else 
you know, had it in the GFS format, that certainly would have put you on the way to big things. Yeah, um, I had him in my in my FFToday.com league, in my staff league. I had I have Watson and I have Fuller. So I, I broke 200 points in that league. Um, and, you know, I still had Nick Chubb in the, the 49ers defense going going today. So I ended up scoring like 215 points. But <laughs> I wish I'd had more of that combo in DFS. There was a couple of lineups I had him in, but I didn't have the kind of exposure to that that I should have. Um, I kind of anticipated uh, the back and forth between Hopkins and Julio Jones, which didn't really turn out to be the thing. And uh, Kiki Kuti, I had kind of going on some of those underneaths, but you saw Duke Johnson have a decent game too. It was pretty much everybody got to eat a little bit in that offense. We just didn't get the monster game from Hopkins. Other than that, everybody kind of did what they are supposed to do. And they did, and, and I think that's what makes this Texans offense very scary when you look at the way that they played on Sunday. You know, you didn't get anything from Hopkins, but they also ran the ball efficiently. It wasn't as if they were grinding it out six, seven yards of carry or anything like that, but they were getting those steady three and four yards per crack, and, you know, you add the fact that Watson averaged more than 10 yards, actually 11 yards rushing on his four attempts. You know, that brings an added element in there. Now, Watson's going to come into uh, this game against Kansas City. $6,700 on DraftKings. He's $8,400 at FanDuel. Over-under line is going to be at 55-5. By far and away, it's going to be the biggest spread of the week. Huge spread. Um, what do you think What do you think about the prospect of, of, of playing either or Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson? I think this could be a kind of thing where you make multiple lineups and you just switch off. Use Hyde or Johnson. Yeah, I think that I like the prospects of that. Uh, you know, Kansas City struggles against the run uh, when it comes to fantasy scoring, and they also are very susceptible to pass catching receipt or uh, running backs out the backfield. So you could really you know hit a home run uh, per se if you don't say a Watson and Duke Johnson combination, or you could also be pretty effective because if the Texans are moving the ball in the red zone, and they're putting points on the board like they did uh, Sunday in the red zone, that means that, yo, you probably can get some love from Carlos Hyde, so that is an either-or that you could really work with and uh, be pretty effective. Now, when you look at Kansas City, uh, Mahomes comes in 9,200 at DraftKings, uh, excuse me, at FanDuel, 75 uh, at, uh, fan, at DraftKings, is he a cash game guy or is it a case of where, you know, too much overexposure is going to cost him a bit here? Well, I mean, I, I, I think that I think that really, if you look at this game, I don't think there's anybody you should be fading from it. Let's put it that way. If with, with a total that high and that much different than anybody else, I think anybody's viable in just about any format. I don't I, there's not anybody to look at and say, I'm not going to play that guy. Because there's no chance he can do it. I made that mistake. I made that mistake before. I mean, even Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's had at least 70 receiving yards in every game this season. Has he blown up? No. But a lot of times, that's good enough to win in cash games. Just having that guy out out there getting the 15, 20 points. When you look at you know that game, and when you look at the rest of the schedule uh, in Week Six, there really isn't that one game. There's no other game that you know matches up 
to uh, the offensive explosion that you could get from Houston and Kansas City. Now, you will have some pretty solid QB matchup, favorable matchups. You know, you get Russell Wilson uh, and the Seahawks going up on, in the, on the road against Cleveland. Wilson uh, is going to come in $8,000 at uh, FanDuel, sixty-six at DraftKings. He's been solid all season long. The Browns, as we have seen, especially Monday night, uh, this is a team that's got a ton of problems offensively. And you got Jimmy Garoppolo tearing you up, and he's not on his A game. You can only imagine what Russell Wilson and his A game could do to a Browns team that is certainly reeling at this point. Yeah, and he kind of spreads it around. He was, he was spreading it around tonight a little bit, too, uh, like R- Russell Wilson tends to do. Um, like even last game, you saw Wilson going to his tight end. You saw him going to, uh, you know, Metcalf a little bit more, which is he's really developing into quite a nice player. I don't see Cleveland being able to stop Metcalf. A big uh, physical receiver like that, I mean, they had a really hard time with Kittle, the tight end. So guys like Disley... Metcalf, I mean, and obviously Chris Carson and running back, they're all good plays, but this is a, this is something we could take advantage of. This really poor showing by Cleveland, I don't think those players, the offensive players on Cleveland, wanted to be at the stadium in that fourth quarter. Oh, and, 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 this was just a team that just looked flat and, and was just horribly disinterested. Uh, by the time of the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, again, when we talked off the air about the fact that you know, this was a team that, you know, it starts from the top up, and despite all the changes that they had in the offseason, all the attention that this franchise got, this is still a team that's got a ton of problems, no matter how many times you see Baker Mayfield on the commercial or how many times you're led to conv- be convinced that Odell Beckham was supposed to be uh, this difference maker for them. And we really haven't seen much of Odell Beckham, say, for the first Monday night game we saw him against the Jets a couple of weeks ago, he has not been someone that, you know, you could really rely on uh, in the early portion of the season. Yeah, and it's weird because I thought that, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield had cast aside a lot of these uh, concerns about character and stuff like that. But he's just not doing the same things on the field that he did at the end of last season. I don't know if it was because there was literally no pressure on him last season. He came in and on some of those games. He was inserted as like, hey, you know, here, let's try Baker Mayfield out. He won a few games for him. Looked really good. Um, was probably working really hard uh, to, to show everybody that, you know, he was ready to assume that that role. And I don't know what he did in the offseason, but I don't think he was working on his football game. Uh, there's two matchups here uh, when you look at quarterbacks that are intriguing when you look deeper into them, the first one, New Orleans at Jacksonville, uh, on surface, it looks like a game that could be somewhat low scoring. But again, you, know, you look at Gartner Minshew, uh, this guy's going to be a, something of a value here. $6,900 at FanDuel, 5000 at DraftKings. And this is a Saints team that has struggled against fantasy quarterbacks all season long. And Minshew's got an underrated receiving quarter. Week after week, you start to like even more. Yeah, do you think he likes DJ Chark a little bit? <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like they're shake and bake. It's like they're it's like this new combo. Minshew to Chark is like the it's it's the, it's it's the hottest new it's the hottest new thing out there. 
I would, I'd love to really see him uh, get the ball to West D.D. Westbrook a little bit more, too, because he's another guy, a great possession receiver. Um, he has these these really solid weapons. I mean, all those receivers are talented guys. He seems to be not afraid to throw the ball. The Saints are probably going to be scoring against Jacksonville. So, yeah, this game has shootout potential, and it's weird because going into the season, you would think that, that was going to be more of a low-scoring game with the Saints kind of running the ball a lot more, um, even and especially if you told it would be Teddy Bridgewater, you know, at, at quarterback yeah. for the Saints. But this is shaping up to be a possible shootout, and again, another game we should keep our eye on in terms of stacking. A lot of possibilities there. And, and when you look at the receiver rankings, you know, the top five receivers going into week six, number one, Chris Godwin of Tampa Bay, Amari Cooper and Cowboys, okay, not surprising there at number two, Cooper Cup of the Rams, number three. Michael Thomas Saints, number four. Again, not surprising, but they're sharp. Number five at 92 points uh, overall when you look at just uh, PPR uh, in PPR with Yahoo. That is a very interesting group of five right there. Uh, you also look at some of the other strange combinations. Cortland Sutton is a top 10 guy. Obviously, Will Fuller with the monster game that he had on Sunday. That alone carried him into the top 10. Mike Evans, with, you know, I don't know if anyone has found him yet. Uh, still a top 10 receiver, despite the fact that he went completely ghost on uh, Sunday afternoon. Now, the second game, the second matchup with quarterback. Uh, Atlanta and Arizona, late afternoon game out in Glendale. Uh, you know Matt Ryan and the Falcons are going to have to throw the ball. And you know that Kyler Murray is going to throw the ball as well. But what we saw out of Kyler Murray on Sunday, 10 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. We're starting to see the rushing element starting to show itself with Murray. And against a suspect Falcons run defense that got gouged a bit by Houston, on Sunday, you know, maybe we could see Murray flirt with, say, 250 yards passing, 70, 75 yards rushing, maybe a touchdown both in the air and on the ground. Maybe he gives us the poor man's Lamar Jackson here. Yeah, and I think uh, he's kind of one of those directions you might want to go in GPPs rather than cash, right? Because look yeah. at on DraftKings, he's 6,500. Russell Wilson, 6,600. In the cash game, you're going to take Russell Wilson every time. But Wilson's going to have really high ownership in, in, in tournaments next week. So maybe you look to maybe you look to spend about the same amount for Kyler Murray. Maybe you get maybe you get him in half that. You know what I mean? Maybe you get him in yeah. half that ownership. And he gives you kind of a similar rushing total to Wilson, maybe even a little bit more. Um, I, I am a little concerned that he doesn't have great receivers. He's got a nice veteran, Larry Fitzgerald. The injuries to uh, Christian Kirk are a little, um, you know, suspect. And now you have uh, some of these other guys. I kind of expected Andy Isabella to be in the picture, but he was so bad in camp. Now they have to have Farrell Cooper as kind of one of their possession receivers. And, you know, they have to throw to their backs. We got to see a little bit more from Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds had some really good runs in that game last week. Um, and I expect some some passes to go David Johnson's way. We'll have to see how that back uh, shows up a little bit. But, yeah, Kyler Murray as a standalone play almost might even be an interesting might even be an interesting strategy. Uh, and you're going to see you know, the ball fly because you're looking at two guys. Ryan averages 44.4 attempts 
uh, per game. Murray's at 40.2. So needless to say, we're going to see the ball put in the air a lot. Uh, if it's anything less than 80 between those two, I would be totally shocked. Ryan, $8,100 at uh, FanDuel, 64 at DraftKings. So I'm thinking, you know, at DraftKings, there might be some strong PP, uh, GPP value uh, with Ryan as well. Because you got to think this is kind of foul is because their seeds slip away pretty fast. Yeah, um, the Falcons need a win. And, you know, we saw last week uh, they came up a little short against the Texans. But, you know, last week we talked about Mohamed Sanu and how he wasn't, like, the sexiest pick on the board. But Mohamed Sanu had a nice game. He had he, he caught five balls, 42 yards on a touchdown. You know, that was the kind of thing we talked about, you know, and, and for season-long leagues, who are you going to pick up this week, right? So, ah, yeah, look at Mohamed Sanu. And Mohamed Sanu had his game, had a touchdown. Um, hopefully we can see something like that again. I don't know who the – we'll have to get to our waiver wire picks a little bit later. I don't know if we'll be able to deliver a touchdown, but it's always nice to, to you know, to come through a little bit for somebody, somebody season long team. You know, here's a game where you have to ask yourself: Are we really believers or what? Philadelphia at Kirk Cousins. You know, he finally had a game, but again, it was the Giants. Uh, you expected that game from him. You know, it was kind of, you know, if we talked about it last week, if he didn't show up against the Giants, when is he going to show up? Only 5,200 at DraftKings, 7,000 uh, at FanDuel. Eagles had a field day against the Jets. And again, at the same time, it was the Jets. Uh, so you have to ask yourself, you know, if Kirk Cousins, now that he's getting the ball a little more to Adam Thielen, hopefully he should get uh, digs back. You know, maybe this is the the former first time game at 100% against the Jets, against the Eagles defense that's still 27th overall against the pass. Yeah, I uh, actually have Cousins in my first GPPA build that I made this week. I have Cousins and Thielen again. Really nice to see those two buddies again and no more smack talk about we have to throw the ball. Um they, they, they did throw the ball, and they threw the ball successfully, and they didn't really take a lot of huge risks, and it paid off. I mean, it, again, it was the Giants. But the Eagles' defense is suspect, especially on some of those big plays. And we that's another game. We could see some stuff going on here. But it also could turn into our, a, a game where both teams just start running the ball. I mean, that's – I, I really don't think that the Minnesota defense is as good as they were last week against the run. I think part of that was the fact that the Giants didn't have a viable running back to play. I mean, they ended up with John Hillman in there after Galman got hurt. Um, so that would have been a different game with Saquon Barkley in there, I think. Um, they could have had a completely different approach. Maybe that's what the Eagles will do. Maybe we'll see a lot of Jordan Howard and then mix it in on early downs and mix it in Miles Sanders on the uh, on third downs and passing downs. But uh, really, could be it could be an interesting game. I'm still I'm still buying Cousins at that price though. Fifty two hundred is too cheap for for a guy with that kind of upside. Carson Wentz, uh, and it's a bit of a gamble. Uh, only 189 yards. He only threw 29 passes. You know, one touchdown. First time this season that uh, he did not throw multiple touchdowns this season. Uh, Six thousand dollars at DraftKings. Seventy five hundred at FanDuel. 
maybe just maybe he gets the Sean Jackson back. And you know, a lot of people believe that if you do get Jackson back, it's going to open up that offense even more. You know, Zach Ertz owners are quick to tell you that you know once uh, Jackson gets back, Ertz is going to start eating a little more. This is a bit of a risk to me because with, this game's in Minnesota, so you know it will be a bit of a disadvantage, obviously, with Wentz on the road. But I really don't see where this is going to be a good play. I just get a feeling that this could have the potential of being a trap game for anyone who thinks about using Carson Wentz here on Sunday. Yeah, it's 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 certainly a possibility. Um, we also have to consider that you know a lot of what he does could be uh, you know could come from game script. And if they fall behind and he has to throw the ball, I could see him hooking up with a couple touchdowns. Dalshawn Jeffrey, I just I do worry that it, this ends up being kind of a slower paced game though than we initially think it would be. I, I, and I would agree. Uh, I would totally agree with you on that. And I think that you know the opposite of that game could possibly be uh, what we see with uh, Carolina in Tampa Bay. Well, actually, never mind. That game's at eight thirty, so let's not worry about that one. Uh, one game, you know, another game that you could actually see that Cincinnati at Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson had his first real bad game of the season, three interceptions, even though they, they did beat Pittsburgh. Andy Dalton, uh, it looks as if, you know, the only way the Bengals are going to stay competitive is if Dalton's throwing the ball 30, 35 times. This has a weird vibe to it, but somehow I think that you might see some points coming out of this one. Yeah, the entire Bengals team has a weird vibe to it. Um, I, they're they're hard to figure. They're hard to figure out. They have a talented running back in Joe Mixon, um, but they don't seem one hundred percent committed to just the Joe Mixon show. Um, Andy Dalton doesn't really have viable receivers other than Tyler Boyd and you know a little bit of Auden Tate maybe, but he 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 you know he drops the ball a bit. Um, and the tight ends have been underperforming. You know, in a smash spot smash spot against the. Cardinals, we didn't really see anything from his, his tight ends, which was surprising. Um, I had liked Eifert early in the week. Scott uh, Engel had talked a little bit about CJ Uzoma in his, in his article. And, you know, they just didn't seem to be ready to go that route. And it's weird. I don't know if, if the Bengals are tanking too, but I just see a lot of bizarre decisions and, and, and play calling from some of these coaches on these bad teams. And oddly enough, you know, Dalton interesting is an interesting matchup. Fifty four hundred at DraftKings, seven thousand at FanDuel. The Ravens are twenty ninth against the pass, and it's it's a bit of a shock. It's not something that you would expect because this is a team that usually is dominant across the board defensively. You know, in Lamar Jackson, you know, sixty nine hundred uh, at DraftKings. He's eighty two at FanDuel. Uh, Bengals are running the mill defensively against the past 16, but they're 31st against the run. So if you're someone who's looking at Jackson, the appeal might be that, you know, he gets you about 55 to 60 yards and he gets a rushing touchdown for you while you're hoping that he gives you uh, average off, uh, average passing numbers uh, in there. A uh, couple of other games to take a quick look at when you look at the quarterback, San Francisco at Los Angeles. Uh, we still haven't seen, we really haven't seen the best of Jimmy Garoppolo uh, as of yet. Uh, uh, 
Goff, my gosh, you, you really don't know what you're going to get out of him uh, at this point. You know, and there are some stretches where you know he looks like sheer brilliance, and there are other ones that just make you throw your head up in the air and wonder what the hell, young man. Yeah, um, and it's interesting what's what's happened to the pricing because every all those receivers started out pretty even uh, when the year started. They were all kind of in the same price range. And I think Robert Woods may have been the most expensive of the three. Now we see Woods is priced at 5,600. Cooks all the way up to 7,100. Um, Cooks is questionable uh, at the moment um, because he was in because he's in the concussion protocol. I guess well he was in the concussion protocol heading into last week's game, um, and still listed as questionable because they don't know how that works from week to week. Um, but Woods is not a terrible option at 5,600, especially if we see some lingering issues with Cooks. I could see a real big games out of out of, out of, out of, out of uh, Robert Woods and Goff as a nice pairing. And on the other side, I mean, we have to like what Garoppolo is doing, at least right now, with, especially with Kittle. Um, yes. That could be really good. We may have seen him kind of finally come alive and start to, to really produce some of those games that we were expecting when we – People were drafting him in like the fourth or fifth round. Still a little bit of a value there too. Fifty-seven hundred at DraftKings, seventy-two hundred at FanDuel. Uh, he can be effective if he's keeping you know, his pass attempts in the twenty-five to twenty-eight range. So we we go into uh, waiver wire time. Uh, who are some of the guys to look at uh, in your opinion going into uh, week six waiver wires? Well, um, if, if we continue on the quarterback path, uh, Minshew is just, uh, you know, in that 15 to 25% ownership range. Um, so he's available in most of the leagues out there. Um, super competitive leagues, maybe not. He's stashed or the real big ones. But in a lot, he's going to be available in 10 and 12 team leagues. And again, this guy is exciting. He, you know, he had 374 yards and two touchdowns in week five. Um, he's really kind of got that Ryan Fitzpatrick gunslinger kind of element to his game. And that's that's just fine for fantasy. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to win every game, but he has to be out there throwing the ball. And like we've seen from Kyler Murray, that's a recipe for success for fantasy quarterbacks. Another quarterback I'm looking at this week um, is Josh Rosen. I know that sounds awful to say because he's on the Dolphins, but they're playing Washington. And if there's any team that it that actually looks worse from week to week, it's probably Washington. The Dolphins have, I mean, they're coming off a bye. They've had some time to prepare for this. I would imagine they have some stuff drawn up. Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are good receivers. They're getting out. Albert Wilson should be healthy. Um, he, he'll have his full complement. The backs are kind of rounding it for him. I don't think Josh – I think Josh Rosen's a sneaky play, and I think that if you're faced with some major issues at quarterback and you lost another guy, like if you had Big Ben and you went to Mason Rudolph and now Mason Rudolph is done and you needed a, a, like a QB2 squeak fill-in, in a pinch you could pick up Josh Rosen this week. I, I like the thought of that. Uh, you know, you mentioned you know the fact that the running backs are starting to come to form. You know, you should have uh, both Valage and uh, uh, who's the on uh, the other back is on tip my tongue. Drake, uh, Drake, yes, King uh, Drake. Both of those guys should be at or near one hundred percent this week. So uh, that should give you know, gives gives you some hope on that one. Gerald Everett of the Rams tight end is a guy who's starting to get some uh, traction as. Well, uh, is owned in a lot of leagues, probably that to fifteen, that ten to fifteen percent. But did have 136 yards against the Seahawks last week. 
scored a touchdown the week before against Tampa Bay. So in the last couple of weeks, he's had 19 targets put in his direction. Uh, he's got the opportunity to uh, put some damage against the 49ers this week. Uh, you mentioned uh, Edmonds and deeper leagues. Chase Edmonds and deeper leagues, he's probably going to get some uh, looks in there, you know, depending on the status of, of David Johnson. Bengals are 31st when it comes to most fantasy points allowed uh, to uh, running backs this season. One guy that, you know, this team is in a bye, but he's a guy that I would take a look at. It's Duke Williams of uh, the Buffalo Bills. Scored his first touchdown uh, in the NFL uh, on Sunday. It was uh, actually the game winner uh, in a 14-7 win. Four targets, four catches, 29 yards, one touchdown. This guy's a heck of a lot better than averaging seven yards a catch. I saw a lot of him over his past two seasons in the Canadian Football League. This guy can get downfield. He's a big six-foot-five target. Uh, can run uh, pretty fast. He's the type of guy that can really open up uh, that Bill's passing game. 6'3", 225, uh, and he's going to get some looks uh, once the Bills get back from a bye. He really could be someone who can open up that passing game and give Josh Allen some love. Zay Jones has been slowly but surely working his way uh, out of favor in Buffalo, so the opportunity could be there. So in a deep, deep league, I would look at Duke Williams as a guy uh, to take a look at. Yeah, I think that I think that, that he's a good fit in that offense. Um, you know, we tend to talk about these deeper pickups. Um, but you know, I was looking at the ownership levels. Will Fuller got dropped in a bunch of leagues, and DJ Chark is was only at ESPN leagues. He was only at seventy one percent ownership as of Monday, as of this morning. So make sure that those guys aren't available. I mean, if you, you could be like, oh, somebody has to have him, but you got to go look because, I mean. Again, they're they're a similar ownership level to where they're around seventy percent, both of them at this point. And you know, last week, if somebody dropped them heading into this week, which is possible, I mean, people have injuries; they got to make tough roster decisions. Will Fuller was a guy who had fallen out of favor for a lot of fantasy owners; they were dropping him. We we saw it even um, at Wind Daily Sports. We had some folks saying, "I'm not playing Will Fuller." Now, today's just D was playing him, <laughs> so so you know that should kind of tell you. Uh, to pay attention because Tenacious D was all over that and he he popped it. But 16 targets later and, you know, 14 catches, 217 yards and three touchdowns, he was available on waiver wires and some waiver wires last week. So never think that you can't grab an absolute stud because you can you can find them out there. They are certainly out there uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, before we get out of here, a couple of things you might be taking a look at going into week six. Well, you know, I do, you know, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, I do, I do think there are some different plays as far as GPCs and cash, GPPs and cash games. I think you have guys like Russell Wilson at the top of the list for, for cash. Uh, Lamar Jackson's another good cash play. Uh, And maybe for GPP, you take a look at uh, Kyler Murray. You take a look at kind of a super cheap guy like, like Rosen, or you spend down, uh, you know, again, for Mr. Affordable, Kirk Cousins, after some of those bad games. Um, Gardner Minshew, another guy to look at. Uh, and I would also say that that make sure that, that you have kind of a narrative in your head when you're building some of the GPP lineups. We've seen it in showdowns. We've seen it a lot of times. It doesn't have to be – it doesn't have to all make a total sense, but there has to be some general order to some of these, these things you're planning on. Um, 
And don't be afraid to spend up for some of those top guys in, in, in GPPs, like the really top dollar guys. Because look at Christian McCaffrey did last week. We had three players with 50 or more fantasy points on DraftKings. That's unreal. And it's, you know, w- while we probably won't see that again in any game this season, uh, we're certainly going to see some games where guys put up 30 to 40 points and we didn't, we just didn't see it coming. So don't, don't be afraid to let your mind go a little wild and envision some, some crazy scenarios. Sometimes it pans out. You know, speaking of a guy who could pan out, the one guy that I'm interested in watching is going to be Kyle Allen of the Carolina Panthers. He's taking on Tampa Bay. Buccaneers are last against the pass in the NFL, and Allen has looked darn solid since taking over for Cam Newton. Uh, he's at only $6,500 at FanDuel. Uh, so he constitutes a steal. He's probably the potential is there uh, for him to be a good GPP play. Uh, you know, and I think that if you buy into his receivers and buy into the fact that, you know, you can get uh, Christian McCaffrey involved in the passing game, you could give some, not a lot, but some merit is a potential cash game player because the ownership certainly isn't going to be anywhere near with Allen as you would have with some of the other quarterbacks that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, um, I think if you're playing that all day slate that starts at whatever, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, yeah. definitely consi- definitely consider Kyle Allen. Because oh, he, you know he he's super he's super sneaky and he's 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 played well. I mean he was pretty he was average in the last game. Um, he wasn't great, but he didn't really have to be. Christian McCaffrey was breaking off eighty yard runs and pretty pretty much doing everything they felt like. Make sure that McCaffrey's playing. I know that that, that he had a Q tag on him because he may have gotten a little bit dinged up. Um, I would expect him to play this week, but you never know. Traveling to London, crazy stuff can happen. For, for all we know, he could have horrible jet lag. <laughs> Go on Twitter, pay attention to the to the breaking news, and you know you should be rolling in the green. All right, indeed, indeed. So that is going to call it a day here on the October eighth, two thousand nineteen edition of the Win Daily Sports Podcast. For Antonio Darkangelis, this is Brandon Williams. Catch us all on uh, Win Daily Sports. We are the money team, so just follow along and get paid. We'll see you soon.